Welcome to episode 401 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright, team, welcome along to episode 401 of uh, I Am Talk. I forgot what we were called for a second then. God. With Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm awesome, Bevan. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm awesome as well. That's apparently stunning. there's a Lego movie out, and apparently it's brilliant. You're telling me things that my son is going to bloody be asking me to see as soon as he hears this. What's this all about? Oh, well, it came out last week, last week in America, oh. and apparently it's like this amazing, like apparently it's brilliant. Apparently, like it's it actually delivers, and not just for the kids, for the adults as well. So I think you'd be pleased to take him. He is obsessed. And there's a song in it where it goes, "Everything is awesome." Nice. So I imagine that's going to be the song you're going to hear. Cool. <laughs> Non-stop for the next ten years of your life, John. Sounds Everything good. is awesome. Very so there good. you go. I'm talking proudly brought to you by CoffeesOfHawaii.com. Everything is awesome about Coffees of Hawaii. Athlinks.com. Everything is awesome about Athlinks. And Extreme Endurance. Epic buffer. See what I did there? There you go. In this week's show, we've got some news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got Project 2014 update. And we've got a long interview with David Bowden, John. From speedtheory.co.nz. So we're talking about power, sort of a bit of a power 101. Once you've got a power meter, what to be looking for from race files, from training files, and some general stuff. General stuff in general. Mm. Okay, Jombo, well, we had a race happening last weekend. We had the Panama 70.3 uh, in the Pan American Championships, and uh, quite a few big names didn't finish on. I know. So we had Bevan Doherty there, didn't finish. Um, but in terms of the results, uh, Gomez just absolutely crushed everybody. Came home with a 111 marathon. and 111? <sighs> Was it short? Sorry? I don't think it was. I'm, I'm, going, off, I'm going off these calls of me saying races are short because having seen a number of them now that are very, very accurate and they are running that fast. So 11. He was unique. So we go, Gomez ran 111. Matt... Sherabot. Uh, Sherabot did 116. Uh, Bertrand uh, Ballard, he did 117. So Gomez was literally at least five to seven minutes ahead of anybody else. And he had to run, run down old Starkowitz, who had a bit of a lead off the bike. He ended up fifth place. And yeah... Number of big names. I've, I've got to say, Bevan Doherty, he's, he's he's either there or he's DNFing these days. So you never know what sort of game he's going to bring that, to the table. Now, what is that? Is that table. just an age thing? Oh, I don't know. Has just, he always been like that? No, no, he hasn't. But I think he's just, he's, if it's not his day, he's just throwing the towel and just moving, moving on to the next race. And benefits to You've that. You've never liked that habit, have you? Well... It's different when you're, you're professional. You know, if, he, if he'd uh, run himself into the ground there, he's got Ironman New Zealand in a few weeks' time, he's probably thinking, well, I'm not going to get a payday today. He maybe just went out for a run anyway. So he doesn't really need the, the points. Well, he probably does, actually. He probably does need well, the points. Well, we assume he's going to do pretty well in New Zealand. Yeah, but he's still going to need more than that. He's, he's got... Uh, oh, but come on, he can get points in 70.3s. Yeah, but you've got to you've got to do. Yeah, there's not as many points this year in, in races, and that's why he's doing the championship races. So, I guess you know if he was probably banking on doing Auckland seventy point three, this seventy point three, and then probably the world seventy point three champs. Did uh, he how yeah, did he go to Auckland? He was um, third. I think. third. Yeah, okay. fourth, third or fourth, uh, and he'd be banking on getting some points there. It was a, it was a regional championship. So, Angela Neek took out. 
The girls' side was not quite quite as strong, but Angela Neath took out Kat Morrison, who we had on the show a few weeks ago, and by just over a minute, so pretty close racing. Okay, and up next we also had, uh, well this is interesting, John, we got an email this week actually, it's funny It's funny how these things happen, from someone who, and I don't have the email in front of me unfortunately, but they were complaining about how they had signed up to do the Kona 70.3, mm-hmm. and uh, is it the Kona 70.3, it is, isn't it? Yeah, well there is one. Yeah, it's the one you do, isn't it? Yeah. Is it called the Kona 70.3? Honu 70.3, yeah, but most people call it Kona. Okay. So they'd sign up, I'm sure it was a guy or a girl even, to be honest, but they'd signed up to 70.3. I'm sorry I haven't got your name. I should have probably put this email up. But um, had to pull out. I don't know, what does it cost you to raise? 500 bucks? Uh, I think it's 350 US, probably. So. $75 back. Yeah. And they weren't happy, John. Yeah. Now, like, and then that same thing, they looked at Challenge, and you get most of your money back, or you can transfer it to another race. But now I am, have brought out a transfer program. So, yeah, then you can move from race to race, but I guess the caveat there is that there needs to be space in that other race, and most races seem to sell out very, very quickly, so you may be somewhat limited in your choice, I don't know. There are some restrictions around the races you can move to, it's not like you can just move to any IM race in the world. I think the main restriction is there's got to be slots available, so most races sell out, so yeah, I guess it's a good programme. Um, I don't have too much of a problem with their you know, somewhat limited refund policy, because, oh, uh, uh, you know... It's just a nightmare trying to sort out this stuff because having having known what it's like from a race organizer's point of view, when you get people started put, start pulling out and stuff, it's just an absolute. There, there nightmare. needs to be a cost. You know what I mean? Mm. Like my business here, we've got a business here, and if people pull out, they they have to pay an admin fee and they have to pay for the weeks they've used and so on. And definitely, you know, there needs to be a fair line. But seventy five dollars out of close to four hundred doesn't seem pretty fair to me. Yeah. So, but I guess you know, those those rules are set down pretty pretty clearly when you when you sign up for it so you want to play by the rules if you don't want to play by the rules go and do a different race well he that's what they do to go to challenge okay john um mac is going to be coaching carolyn stephen so this was on one of the australian websites uh and, and like bevan should have had the email up before i should have had the website up so i could have exactly. given them a bit of love yep. but no, um just an interesting avenue you know mac is going to be got a lot on his plate there now you know in terms of living in phuket and and managing a lot of the systems up there his own empire Mm. You know that's the key. You know, like I've learned in life, John, get people. Yeah. Because a guy came up to me at the gym the other day, and he goes, "Bev, he was being quite nice and being quite generous, and uh, and he was just kind of saying, well, how do you do everything you do?' And actually, I've just got people. There you go, Mac. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure Mac has got people now. And so, in terms um, of coaching, you can't have people. No, no, totally. Uh, coaching is different. But he's only coaching one person. Maybe he's doing more. Who knows? Well, who does know? Exactly. What do you think? Uh, be interesting. Uh, she had all these different criteria on 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 what she needed yeah. from she a coach. Someone who was like Sato, yeah, you know. and uh, who knew what it take to 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 win Kona. So she wanted an Australian as well, didn't she? She did because she's based in Australia. Yeah, so David yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see her development because she's one of those ones that's gone really close and just dipped just a little bit after coming so close to winning Kona. And this might be the you know the kick she needs to. Get to first place because she certainly got the credentials to do it. What do you think the difference is? Like, like Mecca, you know, okay, the guy knows the sport, he's been around the block a million times, he's, you know, he's a thorough kind of character. But what do you think of, you know, is it better to go with an experienced athlete who's new to coaching or to go to a great coach who hasn't been a great athlete? Well, I think what Mecca probably brings to the table will be he's so enthusiastic and he'll bring a lot of energy to, yeah. to it. And, and I think that'll probably be a key thing here in your know, energy and belief, you know, the training's one side of it, but to, to really have that belief. And I think that's what 
might make the difference for her. The, the training probably won't. It doesn't sound like she wants to do things drastically different to what yeah. she did with Sato, um, but just needs a bit of a spark there. So, okay, no, she left Team TBB, but why did she drop Sato? I don't know if he's doing so much coaching. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure on that. Don't You can quote me on it, but I'm not 100% sure. I just quoted sure you on it. Yeah. John Newsom said, okay, I am in New Zealand. has a stacked field, John. We're going to talk mostly about this next week because that's when it comes up. But I did want to bring it up because most years at I'm in New Zealand, it's sort of Cameron Brown versus maybe one, one, or two. Or two, one or two others, and then the field just dropped away and there'd be massive gaps. And I still think this year it'll probably be – Bevan Doherty versus Cameron Brown if they're both on their game at 100%. But, man, there are some decent dudes in this race. Okay, if, if, pretty sharp. If they, yeah, if they all fire, um, you know, the race for second, third, fourth, fifth is going to be incredible. So you've got um, Brown and Doherty and Bazzoni are Kiwis, uh, you know, three of the best athletes in the world. You've got Tim Berkeley who's won races. I don't know too much about Belezas Chok from Hungary, but Roman Guilam, who has won Ironman races. Pete Verbrusik's in there. Daniel Hawksworth, who's won Ironman UK. Tom Lowe, who I think might still be the fastest uh, on-distance athlete for the for the UK. And then that's just a top ten. Outside of that, you've got Philip Graves, you've got Rhodesy. So it is a for, so for, why for is it? Well, I guess a lot of these guys here are trying to get early season points and, and they can also use Ironman Melbourne as their backup. So they might come into this race, it's, the, it's got good, you know, all Ironmans now have 2,000 points. So they'll be going, right, if I'm on in this race, um, yeah, have a good day and I'll get some good points. If things turn to custard, it's only a couple of weeks until Melbourne, I can just pop across on a plane across to Melbourne and have, uh, you know, got a second chance there. So distance is really close and because uh, you saw two bites at the bites at it. So, yeah, we'll talk about those guys in terms of their stats and what have you next week. But I was just very impressed because most other years of late, the field has been a bit thin. And I, I was sort of thinking, you know, if I had a really good day, around about 10th is not yeah. unrealistic. Yeah. No way. <laughs> <laughs> i get the top 20, I'll be happy. So um, just just on that... Um, do you think it changes the dynamic of the race? Because traditionally, you know, Cam would be a little bit out of the water, but, you mm. know, there'd be only a couple, two or three guys up the road in front of him, and he'd often be able to kind of either catch them up or not be far off them on the bike, and then, you know, run them down. You know, whereas, you know, you can get a, few, a big pack of riders here. Well, you could, uh, what could happen here could could go one of two ways because Bevan Doherty will, will have some company up front. He had Marco Albert last year, and then you know it's all likelihood to have Philip Graves, who who may yeah. be really slamming the bike. So uh, Terenzo might make that group. So they might have a group that's working really well at the, fr- the, the, the front. Equally, if that splits up, Cameron is much more likely to have guys to ride with where he might have been a bit isolated in the past. So I think it, it adds a lot to the pre-race hype. Looking forward. Well, I'm not going to see it, but I'll be uh, looking forward to it. You'll see it just as they pass you. Yeah, they'll be just up the road, John. You'll be yeah. going, there. They are. I can see them. I'm, I'm reeling them. Out. I'm actually putting my money on you to take it out. Okay. Yeah. I sold my house. Yeah. Putting all my money on you. Glad you don't bet for a living. That's right. Although, did I tell you about my casino? You I did. did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Quadruple my money. John Mike Thomas sent us through an interesting email about Australia. WTC loses. Around half a mil to a million dollars, and uh, you want to give us a bit of detail on this one? So, in Australia, they had uh, two. They've got two two main. Well, Australians, you'll probably tell me I don't know what I'm talking about, but 
it was Channel 10 and Channel 7, and they had some sort of dispute with WTC over broadcast rights for Ironman events. It sounds like, yeah, we, we got, got the article, but I don't know the exact details, but somebody broadcast it, and they, somebody else had the rights, and it just got all a bit messy, and it was basically sounds like it was WTC's fault. And so they've been... They've been they, the WTC have been slammed on every front. Uh, they've had to give uh, Channel Ten a hundred thousand dollars in compensation, and they've had to cover all the the legal costs for both companies. Wow! And so they're saying the Australian Financial Review has said the total cost of this legal stoush for the WTC could be as much as five hundred thousand to a million dollars. So they say it's a win-win result for the network. Networks forget to mention the loss to WTC. It must take must make the pros cringe when they see this. There goes good pros prize money out the door. Although I don't think the pros, the pros are going to see that money. John, you kind of picked up on a couple of things in the article. Yeah, well, Mike, Mike also mentioned that uh, I was quite surprised at the, the low numbers of people viewing the races. So they only had 25,000 to 35,000 uh, people who watched two WA events in November, December when they were televised on Channel 7 and only 65,000 people watched uh, the Hawaii Ironman. And which is interesting, John, because, you know, like, first of all, I, I'm not that surprised about that, to be honest, because how many Ironman people actually really make it? I think the Ironman, when it's on the, the sport channels, is that kind of thing that, oh, if it's on, you watch it and it's kind of, mm. oh, that's cool. And then you'll get, you know, the tri-geeks who really make an effort to kind of record it or mm. maybe watch it. But the other thing is, often these numbers are inflated as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the fact that they're probably inflated, you know, it's not a big draw card, is it? But I think the main thing for me was uh, they said, somebody somewhere it said, it wouldn't have even made the top 100 sports shows within that month. Oh, really? So, yeah, the numbers, who, who knows what things, but when it, when it says it wouldn't even make the top 100 sports shows, part of that could come down to promo. Like, if, if the Hawaii Ironman, most of the time when it's on New Zealand, you don't even know it's on. So it comes down to a bit of promo and stuff, but you know. I know but then, why would a sports channel take a risk on something like that, which can't get a hundred top hundred, mm. when you've got something like you know your football, your league, your, your mm. rugby in Australia, which is you know you know like it's interesting. I was, I was, I was, this young guy I know who's playing for the Crusaders. He's got his first contract for his Crusaders, nice. Crusaders this year. He's only maybe mid nineteen or something. And he's getting like $8,000 a game, $10,000 a game, something like that. And I was right. like, oh, I didn't realise there's that much money in rugby. You know, yeah, like, yeah. he's not an all black. He's not, you know. And, uh, and I thought, wow. And then you think, it's TV rights. Mm. TV rights is worth so much money. And it's one of the big downfalls of, you know, this is little old New Zealand. You mentioned American TV rights. You know, little old New, Ze- little old New Zealand. But triathlon, I mean, other than the storytelling the package they put together once a year, it, they mm. can't really make a TV package, can they? Mm. Big problem for the sport. Well, it's just it restricts the sport in some ways. We've got some challenge news, John. Another race for you guys in America, a half distance challenge race in New Albany, Ohio, New Albany, Ohio. So challenge it going crazy in the states. They're now it's their third race, and it's all expanding very, very quickly. So have they got a full year yet? We're not sure. Yeah, Atlantic City. Is that full? Is it? Yep. Oh, great. Okay, John's. You've become congratulations, John, on becoming a bronze Ironman all-world triathlete. Your race performance in 2013 earned you a place in the top 10% in the world for your age group and Ironman overall, Ironman 70.3. To celebrate your achievement, we would like to send you a small gift by mail. Oh, please follow this link to update your current. So what'd you get? I haven't got it yet. I just got this email through, so I'm in the top 10%. I'm just going to be interested, and I've got this down. Bevan may veto it for discussion of the week, whether this means anything to you guys, because I know a lot of other people will have got these emails, whether you've got a gold level, a silver level, or a bronze level, and you have to finish within a percentage. Yeah, but that's because I did one race. 
because you failed in that one race. We'll see what colour medal I get this year, what, what, what level I hit this year. So I, Oh, was that for last year? Yeah, so I did the Hawaii 70.3. Oh, okay. And so if you did two races, chances are you're going to be above it. But so wait a second, what's, is there below bronze? Yeah, there's nothing. Oh, there is. Yeah, so, yeah. so no, it's, it's rewarding uh, excellence, of course. Uh, but I just think... Yeah, I'd be interested to see what you guys think of it. No, it's I, through. It was a good race. I had a quick look at it, and when I actually broke it down into the country ranking, I think I was ranked fifth in New, out of all New Zealand. So one race. Yeah, because when, for most New Zealanders, there's only one seventy point three race. So some who travel would do two, but that gave me a more them. more of a, a tangible sort of way to, to measure it because a lot of people had it sort of ranked up against uh, people who had maybe done 70.3 in Auckland. So I was just interested to see what other people thought. I wonder what you're going to get. I would be picking a certificate. Oh, really? Is that all? Or maybe like a, a small, t- towel no, no, got or A small gift by mail. Okay, maybe a pair of socks. Well, but, uh, okay. You know I, I think this is good. I think Yeah, this is great. You know, like, to be honest, I don't know about the rankings. Uh, uh, who really cares? But... You know, this is good customer but, service. But, and we've talked about, you know, when you finish a race, you know, whether you, you, your sub nine is a gold level, silver is yeah. sub 10 stuff. So they're making an effort. So I think it's, uh, some of us might poo poo it, but I think it's uh, a nice step to give some people recognition. Uh, the only reason I poo poo it is that I kind of go, does it really drive people to do more racing other than the top, you know, 1% in the world? And, and to be honest, they'll probably get there anyway. Like you turn up to a race, you do one race, you get bronze. You know, this year, if you can perform to the level you're hoping to, you'll definitely get gold. You'll yeah. be in that gold standard. So, you know, but you know what? Good on them. You know, like, it's really nice that they're doing the follow-up, and that's kind of cool. You know, like, it's one thing to kind of just chuck something out there. But, you know, so... I, I saw people posting on Facebook that they were gold gold medal level. So. Who was it? Go on, no, name no, a shame. No, no. Name they're proud of it. That's, that's fine. Name a shame. No. Richard Swan? Was it no. Swan? No. He would have been gold level. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, because he did really well in New Zealand and 70.3. He was winning it at one stage, wasn't he? Probably. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, it's maybe gold level. Just because you've got bronze, John. I think it's there. <laughs> okay. Um, Murray Letworth, um, Coast to Coast. Save that for next week. Oh, you'll save that for next week? Yep. <laughs> okay. We've got, to, we've got to push through. We've got, we've got, legends, of, we've got legends of triathlon. We have legends do. today, actually. Although I might not put it out till tomorrow. Okay. I'm busy today. Okay. Um, John Boo, discussion of the week. So last week we had a discussion and we were kind of wondering, what do you like to listen to? What fires you up? And then when I went on YouTube, when I put on the Facebook link, oh, John's being attacked by a fly. A moth. You are right? Yeah, I'll survive. That moth was going to go down, otherwise I was going to attack it. Um, and the discussion was, what do you like to listen to? Watch it. Watch your, if you were to come down to finishing shoot, what would be the one song that you'd want to hear? Come on down to finishing. The emotions are going crazy. The crowd's going wild. And the song hit you. And I said to people, put a YouTube clip up as well for your songs. And people like this one, John. Dave Fish said, as long as it's not, dude looks like a lady. <laughs> but Aerosmith, he's happy. <laughs> okay, so so being the running man, sure, he's got um, Foo Fighters. There goes my hero. Swim bike run injuries, says ACDC. You shook me all night long. Yeah, that's pretty good, mate. Good. You like a bit of ekadeka, do you? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, okay, who have I got here? Dave Hayward. Shattered by the Rolling Stones by uh, Dave Fish as well. I don't know if I know. I'm sure I will. I just don't know the... Um, Rudimentary by Will, um, Will Newbury. Uh, by Rudimentary, that's an awesome song. I can feel the love. Can you feel it too? Can you feel it all night? Good, good. But you've got to sing, you've got to sing each song, John. Uh, John doesn't know many songs. Aerodynamic by Daft Punk. 
Oh, I don't know that song. Oh, there you go. You no, don't know no, many no, songs, probably, do you? I've got the latest album, and the latest album is mind-blowing, so I probably do know. I just didn't know the name of it. Um, the Killers, uh, Read My Mind. Quite a bit of ACDC here. Brad King saying Back in Black. Yeah, there's John Solomon's from me. Uh, Siri, uh, Sarah Pixley. He's got um, Raw by Katy Perry. I want to hear you roar. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Mark LaRoche has got a different one. Ride of the... Valkyries, here we go. By it's a more of an operatic type thing because Mark works Is it the crowd clapping in the background? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh yeah. Shit's getting serious, John. Oh <laughs> Just about broke his computer screen. Oh yeah, he's coming around the corner. He sees his family in front of him. He's gonna go sub ten hours. He sees the nine on the clock, the crowd's going below. He puts a foot down, he sprints for the finish line. Oh, yeah, we know that one, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Cunningham's got a what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Nice. David Yates, I'm sexy and I know it. Oh, he, he said that was on when he went across the finish line in Geelong and he said to put a smile across his face. Nice. Any other good ones there, Bevan? Um, oh, Bomb Track by Rage Against the Machine. Nice. Do you remember that one? No. Kill it in the name of boom, boom, boom. Tree and Jack. That's I did it my way by Frank Sinatra. Nice. Um, who else we got down here? Dave Fish has got a few songs. Annette Lee. She's got Happy by Will Ferrell. Right. She's deliriously happy when she gets to the finish line after the last 12 weeks of being homeless, wandering from one house, sitting to another. Very yeah. good, Bevan. What would you want? See, I'm very much in the moment. Right. There's a song by David Dallas called Running. Yeah. Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah, not well. Okay, I'm going to try to find it on YouTube. Um, David Dallas by Running is my favourite training song right now. So right now that would be my favourite song. Overall, all-time Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Right. Stephanie Vanderbruggen said right here, right now from Fatboy Slim. I'd be reasonably happy with that. That is a good one. Yeah. Okay. You need to have that from quite a long way out because you need it to build by the time you're coming down that chute. You're coming around that corner of Taupo. Has it been the but it kind of just builds to a nice tempo and sits in that yeah. same place. Mm. This is the all-new Holden Barina RX. Oh, oh, Greg Murphy. <laughs> He's a Kiwi legend. He's doing, talking about that whole new Holden Barina RS. Speaking of legends, how good the cricket going to be today? Oh, Brendan McCullum's going to get triple century. Those Indians. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, here's David Dallas. Wait a second. Um... In my blues. Let's put a kind of old bluegrass in the background Seriously first. You want that when you're running down the street? No, but listen, street. listen, it picks up. There's our running into the city. Okay, here we go, here we go. They got no hustle, no bustle. Oh, John, don't get me started. Did you, uh, do we pay our royalty fees on this one? Oh, I better stop it now, you get 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Dallas, I'm, I'm promoting you. You're going to sell millions of songs now. Good. Um, yeah, the cricket. Yeah. More importantly, the cricket. More importantly. We, yeah. New Zealand said the best Let's not ever. speak too soon. No, we're, we're not going to lose it. No, we won't lose it. No, we won't lose it. We, yeah. I'm, shoot for the draw. Yeah. Oh, it's not, we're not going to win it. This is day, oh, day five yeah, of a five-day cricket five, test. The pitch on the fifth day can we were, be. We were totally out of this game, completely totally getting annihilated, and then our captain has just done They had two and a half days things. to get five wickets, which is nothing, and it's the last five wickets are your worst wickets for you Americans. And uh, and when we had no hope, and we were falling over like bloody pinballs, <laughs> and uh, and then out of nowhere, captain, captain champion... 
bets for a day and a half, and he's still in. He's better for over two days, isn't he? Nearly, oh, no, but... nearly two days, and uh, he's still in. He's nearly going to score three hundred runs. Yeah. This is New Zealand's best cricket season ever. It is, yeah, no doubt about it. Because the Indians, when they came to New Zealand, were number one team in the world, both Test and One Day, as weren't oh, they? I don't know about Test, but they certainly were One Day. Oh, maybe the South Africans were number one, but they're getting killed by the Aussies. Mitchell Johnson. Mm. Let's not don't, talk about the Aussies. Let's I know, but come on, you've got to give some love to the Aussies on this one. They're doing pretty well right now. Anyway, um, that's our cricket update for the week. So my, my <laughs> song was Running by David Dallas. Your song was? Uh, right Here, Right Now. I thought you'd go Everjohn. I don't know how much you love them. With Carpenters, maybe? <laughs> Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday's the Beatles. No, not what. What is that? Uh, huh. Why do birds yeah. That's it. That's what I want. <laughs> Everybody at Ironman New Zealand, get your iPhones out, and when I turn to the finishing shoot, get that playing. Like we'll go and me. go and smack Mike yeah. Riley over the head and just. Hey, we're getting him on the show. I know, but you still smack him over the head and put my song on. And, every, and the whole crowd goes la yeah, la la, yeah. la la, and they try to get close to you as you come to the finish line. Yeah. Oh, John, it's an emotional moment. Okay, this week's discussion. What's happening? Uh, it's a bit of a weak one, but does the all. <laughs> The Ironman All Athlete mean anything to you guys? Is that what they call it? Yeah, so I'm an, I'm a bronze level All Athlete. Well, you're an All Athlete, then, are you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm <laughs> a third of an athlete. Uh, before- Although I heard a theory the other day, and it's probably quite true. At the Olympics, you win gold. You, they, they did this analysis. They took photos. They looked at every photos of the podiums at the Olympics, mm. and they determined that based on people's facial expressions on the podium, champion is always over the moon, silver is always disappointed, yeah. and bronze is always happy. Right. So, John, you can be happy. Good. You got silver. Good. I'm happy. You couldn't have been happy. So there you go. So, yep. do you think that all Ironman athlete has any significance to what you do? Yep. Before you belittle it, have a look at your ranking. Well, that's what, just for the Kiwis and stuff, because like I was ranked somewhere I don't know 385 in the world or something stupid. But when I actually broke it down into New Zealand athletes, it, it gave me a bit more meaning. I like the fact they're going to send you a prison. Mm. I think that's good work. Well done, Ironman. I'm gonna put some music on. Here. It's the music. Age Gripper of the Week. Good old White Lightning. Ian Hursley sent through this one. Good old White Lightning. And he is White Lightning, hasn't he? He is. I roomed with him on Epic Camp. Yeah. Didn't know who I was. Yeah. I was like, do you not know who I am? Uh. He's like, no. So I didn't talk to him for the rest of the camp. There's a good post on Facebook on the other day, and <laughs> you start talking, and I'll pull it up. Okay, we've well got uh, maybe a little bit late, perhaps, but I am nominating a guy who practically owns the male 50 to 54 age group in North America, Tim Sheeper. Sherpa. Sherpa, is it? Sherpa? Yeah. Is it Sherpa? Yeah. Sherpas get shafted, don't they, John? They do. Because you think about who was it who went up the hill with Hillary? Tenzing Norgate, was it? Someone like that? Yep. He carried everything. Yeah, hey, they, they work, those guys work all the time, and the you know the the white man gets the photo at the top. Yeah, what's with that about? Yeah. Anyway, Tim had an incredible 2013. It all started with a decision to go fully plant powered, what we call his team weeds and seeds. But that nutritional change, combined with his innate natural talent and hard training, produced a stellar year as he aged up into the 50 to 54 age group. Here's his results: in wildflower, he got first. He did a four. 42 and Coeur Lane he got first, he did 938 in World Champions, he did, got 11th and then 945 in Xtura, he got first in a 313 um, on a borrowed hardtail, 29 incher that he had just been riding two weeks for post Kona, and then Ultraman he got fourth overall after leading it for two days. Tim is not just a great athlete, but leads one of the best triathlon programs out here, Team Sherpa. 
maybe that's what he does. He carries all their gear. Yeah. You know, he actually rides their bike and they, yeah. Um, which just celebrated its 20th year. He's a former pro from back in the early days of the sport and his storytelling rivals those of the illustrious Mr. Molina. Sadly, he's in my age group, which means I'm racing second at best whenever he shows up. So this guy is a bit of a legend, isn't he, John? Well, 9.38 at Court Lane. That is smoking, John. At the age of 50. At the age of 50. Pretty solid. That is smoking. Yeah, so very, very impressive. And he backs it up with Xterra and he goes, Ultraman, that's a pretty busy couple of months. Do you know what's really nice? What? Winning. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, you know what we always say, you know, I did my best and all the rest of it and I yeah. did my smartest race, but when you win, it is nice, isn't it? It is. And he had several there. Wildflower, Coeur d'Alene, Maui, and then was fourth at Ultraman. Well, he must have been first in his age group overall, surely. Probably. The other thing is, John, he can see he's a world champ. Have you ever been a world champ? What, did, what was that, did you say? Well, he's a world champ at Xterra. Oh, yes. Yep. No, I'm, I've never been a world champ, never been close. It's all going to change this year, Do you though. think you could? Do you think so? you could? Oh, I think it's highly unlikely. Oh, come on, John. You've got to give me at least a bit of hope. We're like a jail no. buddies, and you're going, we can get through this. We dig this hole. And if I train full-time, I think I could. Quit your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the family for You can make, make me an employee of your running business. <laughs> That's right. You can do some coaching. <laughs> yeah. I won't do any coaching. I'll just... You can be my admin lady. <laughs> so you're doing well. I'll go put your chalk lines out for you. Yep. That's right. Go put the chalk. We'll just put a smiley face there just to keep them happy. Good. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Tim Sherpa. You are our age group of the week. And also a good man. Yes. John's sponsor. So, Bevan, if I was to say, well, what do you have every night? You have your little bit of coffee? No, your little bit of chocolate every night? Five bits for the Whitaker's Dark Garner. I can up the ante on that. I can get you some macadamia nuts. Oh, I do love some macadamia nuts, John. Covered in chocolate. Oh, can you get me some? And we could throw in some even some white chocolate covered coffee beans. You know what? I don't what? do takeaways. A, two reasons. I'm a tight ass. Yeah. You ever do takeaways? It's, it's it's a treat. You can drop twenty bucks, can't you? I'm, I want more than that. Yeah, I know. Oh, you're talking two people. Yeah, no, one person. Twenty uh, yeah, yeah, for a yeah, feed. Yeah, yeah, it's about that. If I get a Burger King, which is pretty rare, but if I ever do, mm-hmm. I'm dropping twenty bucks, which mm-hmm. does my head in. So, and I, and I don't really do takeaways because I'm, you know, a not not good for this temple of my body, and b. I thought you were doing just takeaways in general. Like we had a Thai curry at the weekend. Oh, no, that's different. Oh, that's different. oh, that's different. That's healthy. Yeah, no, I don't get burgers. Fast stuff. food. No, I don't do fast food. Do you ever do it? Airports is the only place I do. Yeah, we, we, we did McDonald's once, yeah. And uh, Burger King, I'll, I'll maybe occasionally in the airport, but pretty rarely, actually. I don't, I've learned not to do that because I used to go too much. But anyway, back to my point, John. Subway is the one I will do. Right. If I'm out, if I'm out of town and yeah. there's nothing there, Subway's, mm-hmm. you know what? It's the mm-hmm. option I will mm-hmm. take. Six inch sub, foot long sub, it's pretty good. Yeah. Macadamia nut biscuit. Mm. There's a lot There's a lot of butter In those biscuits Butter, so sugar, go. macadamia nuts yeah. The perfect combination And that's what you can get From Coffees of Hawaii So you can go, go there we know, We've talked Always talk about the coffee But they've got White chocolate covered coffee beans They've got dark oh. chocolate covered beans They've got milk chocolate covered beans They've got all sorts of Chocolate covered beans But now They've got macadamia nuts Assorted milk And dark chocolate covered Do you like a scorched almond? I do like a scorched almond How do you I eat it? Of, well, I have a lot of, I have almonds in my breakfast Every day yeah, but do, How and do you eat a scorched almond? Uh, I'll just go go for it. I you just crunch and get through it. Don't suck it. Oh, yeah. see, I suck it and then I break down the nut. Why don't you just get some chocolate and then have some nuts on the side? Well, I, maybe I should just go to coffees of Hawaii. You, you could do, and then get coffees of Hawaii, make a yeah. nut with white chocolate. Exactly. And what you could do, guys, is when you actually go to the website, get yourself some coffee, mm. and then order the macadamia nuts. You probably forget that you order it, and then when it turns up, it's like oh. a treat. Oh, oh. Stop or if it. you're going to gift it for somebody, stop it. Gift it for them. Say, look, I've got you a coffee present. Turn up macadamia nuts. You're in. You're in. Yeah, 
Pin's gone. He can't do any more doodles. No, no, he's no, got to no. back up. He's got to back up. <laughs> Pin's back. But check it out, coffeesaway.com. Oh, if you want John. any promo codes, uh, go to imtalk.me. I get John McGinn interview with uh, David Belden on the show, and he's from speedtheory.co.nz, and he's pretty thorough, so let's get into it, eh? Okay, um, on today's show, I thought it would be a really good idea to maybe talk power a bit more and um, analysis because we see so many people out there these days that have the power meters, but they're sort of going along fairly blindly and not really knowing what the hell they're doing. So um, I've got an expert on from speedtheory.co.nz, uh, David Bowden, who we've had on the show once before, loves his... Uh, technology, aerodynamics, and as well as that, uh, does plenty of coaching and analysis for triathletes. So welcome back to the show, David. Hi. Hey, so can, I, I thought a really good starting point would be um, to sort of go through a number of the, the sort of key terms. So if you're talking about something, people know what you're talking about. And also when people go on to, to training peaks or wherever they might Look at their data. Um, just some of the key things that they could look for, look look for, and then we we're sort of going to go into some analysis stuff. So maybe go through some of the the really important terms that that people need to get to grips with. So when we're looking at power analysis, excuse me a moment. The most key concept that we need to be considering is your threshold power, which for training peaks is referred to as FTP, that being functional threshold power. If you have looked at older sports science concepts, then it's going to be pretty similar to your maximum lactate steady state, yep. uh, which I'll explain a little bit more shortly. Mm-hmm. There's other concepts around like critical power that derive a number based on other durations, but the the important thing to understand about the way Training Peaks assesses the threshold power is that it's based on actually going out and doing something on the road rather than estimating based on lab testing or on what you can do for short durations because the models like Critical Power that look at your performance over short durations and extrapolate out tend not to work very well for people who don't fit the mould and also if you go deep into analysing them they'll always have a point where the model stops working for uh, predicting what's going to happen so training picks have put a lot of effort into defining their model of threshold power and making sure that it reflects what's actually happening for athletes in a practical viewpoint. Now, for Ironman athletes, your FTP is really the only metric that you care about. There are lots of different durations that we can go and train. For a track racer, they'll care a lot about their maximum sprint power or what they can do for one minute if they're doing a kilo. and those, use, those durations use different energy systems. But for an Ironman athlete, we solely care about the aerobic energy system and that's measured by your FTP. So your training needs to be focused around increasing FTP or increasing the proportion of FTP that you can sustain. Mm-hmm. So 
if we're to move from FTP being the, the most crucial measurement of your performance to looking at how we can utilize that or work with it in analysis, one of the most useful concepts is TSS, which is the training stress score. And the training peak software calculates that based on your FTP and how high a percentage of that you were working at and how variable the effort was. Now, you can actually get it from heart rate as well. It's not quite as accurate, but if you're looking to start working with technology, then performing a test and uploading that into TrainingPeak software will then give you a TSS score for multiple disciplines. So if you're someone who maybe you've got a power meter on the bike, but it really bugs you not knowing what you're doing running or going to the gym, then you can still get an estimated TSS from that. But in the first instance, if you're not yet using power, the concept of training stress as a measure of what you've been doing is a very good place to start. And Training Peaks takes the TSS scores that you perform daily and creates a performance manager chart, which since it came out 2008 or 2009, I think, has been an extremely useful tool for helping to understand volume and load and also peaking. Uh, there's several acronyms that go along with the PMC. One is CTL, which is the chronic training load that looks at how much TSS you've been accumulating on average over the last six weeks. So chronic meaning the longer term. Then there's ATL, which is acute training load, which looks at your last seven days. And then there's TSB, which is the training stress balance, which is the difference between those previous two acronyms, the CTL and ATL. And what... The, well, these tools give a coach or a self-trained athlete a lot of feedback on nailing down what works for an individual. So, for instance, the, the TSB, I know that for myself, if I get down to a score of negative 40, then I'm going to be feeling pretty sad and I'll need a rest before I try any proper training again. <laughs> yeah, I can usually sustain in the negative 20 to negative 30 region for a while and that's when I'll be laying down some really good work that will be paying off later on. Other people can go down to negative 40 and not be too bothered by it. Some people, negative 20, will have them feeling like they're in the pit and there is only, for most people there's only a certain amount of time. Like I can handle a couple of days of going down to negative 30 but I'll need to pull it back up from there fairly soon. So my, my, take... my, uh, my negative 64 when I was doing my recent camp was, uh, was getting down there. <laughs> you would have been feeling a little bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> it was cuddling me when you got back, I tell you. Uh, and if we... Well, you have to have a negative TSB in order to be increasing your CTL, the chronic training load, because that 
is rather the point. The, the CTL tells you that you are increasing your load week on week and this is what I like so much about TSS and using the performance manager to look at CTL that it gives you a measure of did I do more than last week? Am I progressing the load that I'm putting on my body? Because if you stay at static load, then you'll stagnate and that's not the point. We want to keep on pushing and the, the training that you did six weeks ago should feel easy now and this gives you a measure of that. So for most people, getting up to a CTL of 100 to 120 will probably be what delivers their best form but that is quite hard to do. It takes a, quite a lot of training just to get that but also you have to have had quite a backlog of years of training to be able to handle the training at the time. Mm. So if I was starting with a new athlete in their first season, we wouldn't be aiming for getting the CTL that high. We'd aim for a lower level, then the next season we'd go a bit higher again just as they adapted their ability to train over the years. For myself, I've discovered that doing a half Ironman with a CTL in the 40s makes life quite miserable mm -hmm. and going up to 70 or 80 is when it starts to feel quite good. Uh, I don't often have the time to get over 100 so can't really comment on that one but it would be nice if I could. <laughs> Come on, just give up the day job and you'll be uh, trained full time. Well, that was what university was for, but I didn't have power at the time, unfortunately. Nice. Uh, uh, just one question around the running and the swimming. You did mention that, but um, how, you know, different people react differently to running, um, and they have different you know, levels of fatigue, depending on you know, how much they experience they have. So do you find, do you find Training Peaks estimates um, the run and swim load you know, in terms of a TSS score um, fairly well, or... or yeah, do you have to manipulate that much? What's the sort of deal there? It's a bit of an individual thing. Again, I had this argument with one of my cyclists last night who was telling me off that I'd said someone else could go and do a run at school when I'd said to this first athlete that she couldn't. I had to point out, well, this other girl has come from a running background, so running's not going to hurt her. Mm. Whereas for you, you've always been a cyclist and running will knacker you, even only over fairly short distances. So there is a strong element of what your history is and what I tend to see is that most people just don't have the running history that allows them to go to the same sort of TSS load on running as it does as they do for cycling mm. on the other hand most people are much better at running at a high proportion of their threshold compared to cycling it takes quite a lot of focus to get significant time at over 90% effort cycling but for running my observation has been that it's, it's not all that hard to tick along at 90% for quite a long period of time so you can pick up the TSS fairly quickly with running but 
when we're looking at the overall picture of how much total TSS can you handle in a week across swim, bike, run, that is something that you need to determine or your coach needs to work out. Excuse me again. <coughs> we have to wake up with a frog in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And in terms of, um, I know you, you, you use um, WKO Plus um, instead of sort of the online version of Training Peaks. Can you sort of explain for people who haven't experienced WKO before um, what the difference is between the two and for your average, um, average sort of age grouper whether, whether it's something they need to, to look into getting? At the moment... <clears throat> WKO Plus is not something that particularly need to be worried about for a self-coached athlete or the average age grouper, but that's about to change. So currently, Training Peaks Online and WKO give most of the same functionality. The terminology is the same. The feel of the interface is fairly similar. You can if you play around with the online version, you can get a lot of the things that the desktop version delivers. Uh, why I like the desktop version is that there are some reports that are just easier to do and it's a bit faster running through some of the analysis. Mm -hmm. And partly it's what I've used for... Uh, must be getting close to 10 years. Mm. So I'm fairly well familiar with it now. What's happening, currently WKO Plus is on version 3.0. What's happening soon is that version 4.0 is going to be released. And that's going to have some very powerful uh, methods for helping you to estimate your threshold power and see the effect of training. Mm -hmm. So for a self-coached athlete or someone who just wants to be getting a better view of what's happening with their training, it's going to give much better feedback on this week will have had this impact or that. Um, we're not entirely clear on how far down it will drill at this point because no one outside of the test team have had a chance to play with it all that much. But the webinars they've been giving showing the features have been extremely promising and being a bit of a nerd, I'm quite excited by <laughs> what's coming. Uh, but it's it's going to help identify where weaknesses are and, like I say, should be giving you information about the impact of training that you've done at the time. So it's already a very powerful system, but there are other systems where you can get uh, quite a few of the same features. Mm. But very shortly, it's going to become the most powerful system by a long shot and very hard to ignore if you're looking at analysing power. Cool. So that sort of leads on nicely to you know looking at, at files um, because uh, obviously we're going to have training files, racing files so you've got a few examples and, and maybe explain to people what they should be looking for in a first instance when they're looking at, at race files and, uh, and what trends they should be looking at, some of those terms you talked about, what they should be looking for there and um, yeah I think you've got a couple of examples So the 
key things I'm looking for, uh, I mentioned that TSS is made up of the variability and the intensity. Now, variability is referred to as VI, which is the variability. Um, can't remember what the I is for. Sorry. Index, isn't it? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. And intensity is IF, which is intensity factor. So what we're looking for in a race file is that you went to your target IF, you stayed at your target intensity, and your variability was appropriate. Now, in general for Ironman, the best thing for variability is that there is none. That you have your very narrow band and you stick there as closely as possible. However, if we're to look at an example, perhaps John's Auckland 70.3, that course, because it starts hilly and finishes dead flat, you are actually better to have a higher variability over that race by going with a bit higher power in the first half because people often talk about working harder into the wind. That doesn't give you any speed advantage because your net wind effect on the flat is the same regardless of which way the wind is going if you're at a constant power. But putting out more power going up a hill will give you more speed. So if we're looking for the most speed for your energy, your power budget, then putting a bit more effort out up the hills is the way to deliver that. So on a course like Auckland 70.3, I give athletes a execution plan where they're going at slightly higher power in that first part. And John's race is an example of going harder in the first part. Unfortunately, one of the other things that I look for, we can't assess on this file, and that is decoupling. So... As, as you build up experience riding along through all your training and your practice races, you'll notice that a certain heart rate will correlate to a certain power. And that's going to be fairly predictable. So those are said to be coupled, that if your heart rate goes up, then it's probably because your power has gone up. Decoupling is when that relationship fails. So what we'll see if we're looking at an endurance event is if you start to get severe decoupling towards the end, that suggests that either you weren't trained adequately to perform for that duration or that you were going at too high an intensity early on and you can't sustain it. Now, the problem with John's file is that <laughs> his heart rate wasn't working yeah. for the first half and only picks up for the gentle cruise along the waterfront at the end. Yeah. Um, so we can't have a look at that in this case. Now, a few weeks back, I posted up on my website an analysis of one of my athletes at the Tauranga Half Ironman. And for that event, there is no benefit in variation because it's dead flat. You want to be sticking to your band as tightly as possible. So his decoupling came out at less than 1%, which shows that he was very much at his target and 
didn't drop off. Like he, he didn't get dehydrated because that can be one of the things that leads to decoupling is if you get dehydrated, then your blood gets thicker and so your heart has to work harder to pump it. So it's, it is a little bit of a difficult metric to work with because there are a couple of things that can lead to decoupling, but on a half Ironman, not so much. So he had very little decoupling, which showed that the intensity he went at for that duration was just right. And his variability was also uh, 1%. So the, the power file is nearly a straight line. And that earned him a 212 bike split and fastest age grouper. So he then also ran a 121 or so off it, uh, which was a pretty solid day. And that good run was very much aided by the excellent bike execution. So he was a, a good example of how to execute that race. That's why I called the article a lesson in half Ironman pacing because I'd never seen anything quite like it. Very good. So you guys can um, you can check that out on David's website, speedtheory.co.nz if you want to check out that file. And um, in, in terms of, you, you talk about an energy budget, so maybe just explain what that is. So if you've built up plenty of training information over time, then you'll know what your FTP is, your, your threshold, and you should have been out and worked out what intensity you could sustain for your target event. Another approach that I take in my modelling is that I can work out roughly what your stored energy will be for a athlete of a certain weight and body fat percentage we can estimate their lean mass and therefore how much glycogen their muscles can store and then we can look at your energy uptake over the course of the day how much you can take in and from that we then know well you you can't spend more than your energy budget because that's all you've got and then splitting that budget across bike and run and swim we just have to factor in a bit at the beginning because you're not eating during that time. And what I've found over time is that if I carefully break down the energy budget, it correlates very well with the concepts that we get from Training Peaks. So it's not something I have to use all that often. I do it periodically to make sure that I'm giving an athlete good pacing advice like coming into an Ironman I want to look at every avenue that I can to make sure that my athletes are being set up to succeed so I make sure that I'm not somehow missing something that will lead to them dying at Mm. 20k into the run but if you follow the, the guidelines on training peaks and what you'll hear from power using coaches then Mostly that will cover off the energy budget fairly well, but it's it's something that can be easily forgotten with just looking at power is that energy is a, a fairly key aspect to that. So don't forget to make sure that you've optimised your nutrition because the power is just... The energy that you put out over the course of the event 
gets split down to determine the power that you can sustain. And yeah, it's easy to just go too far down the track of <coughs> this is my FTP and therefore I should be able to sustain 75% for an Ironman, but that's not realistic unless you're trained for it and unless you've trained your eating to supply the energy to maintain that. One thing that I go on a lot about on the show is, um, and you've made a point as well, the, the irrelevance of speed because I've gone out and done time trials and once people get a power meter they'll, they'll, they'll start to understand this and time becomes irrelevant. Um, you, know, you can have really good Im- improvements in, in overall power um, but your time may well be slower and that's why I think it's you know, incredibly dangerous to be setting um, particular time goals for races not knowing what the conditions are going to be. So maybe if you can give us a quick overview of, um, of yeah, why speed becomes uh, less of a focus for the guys that are training with power. So that athlete I mentioned earlier at the Tauranga Half is a good example of this again. Uh, he went straight out and focused on power. Now, this is sort of irrelevance of speed or heart rate because his heart rate was really high out of the swim and if he had focused on achieving a certain heart rate, then he'd have been going too easy for the start of the bike. As it was, he went out at his power and it took half an hour for his heart rate to drop down and then it just tracked really nicely with his power. Same sort of thing with speed. If you jump on the bike and you've got a tailwind on the first leg of your event, then if you've got in mind, I'm going to do 32k an hour, but you should be doing 34 with the wind to be actually working to your effort level, then you're leaving time on the table. Uh, And hills headwind, how many people you've got around you, even if you're being a good little Ironman and making sure that you maintain the 10 metre distance, you still get a drafting effect at that distance and you can't ignore that and then you get different road surfaces. A lot of people come down to New Zealand and discover that the reason the bike times at Ironman New Zealand aren't so quick is that the road surface is abysmal (laughs) and knocks roughly a mile an hour off your speed. Now, before I started actually using power, I had done all the analysis around it and I'd started training by the concepts, but I hadn't been able to afford a power meter yet. So that was when I started constructing models. And before I'd go out for training, I would have a look at what the conditions were on the day and work out, okay, when I'm going this direction down the road I need to be at that speed and when I turn around I need to be at that speed. So I have models for courses that I care about where I can look at the conditions over the years and say for equal power you should have been this time that year but slower the year before or faster the year after, whichever way it goes. So getting caught up in just chasing a speed is often how people get very sad towards the end of the event. Uh, If you're focusing on power, it can actually take away a lot of the stress of as long as you're at your power, you know that you are performing. If people are going past you, then either they're stronger or they're pacing badly. 
and if you happen to be going faster than you expected to be going for your power, then that's a nice surprise. You'll see a lot of people who start an event very hard. I always get overtaken up Taupo Napier. Mm. And then over the course of the event, not only do they get, or they slow down over the course of the bike, you'll see a lot of people with significant positive splits at New Zealand Ironman, but then the run, they've used up too much of their energy budget and they're suffering on the run as well. So, again, power gives you the, the freedom to just focus on measuring your own output rather than the outcomes. Nice. Um, and I know you've got, uh, you're on, on baby duty this morning. Have you got time to go through the analysis, training analysis stuff or do you want to yep. save that for another day? No. Uh, little Miss Speed Theory is quite happy on the play mat behind me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's my kind of parenting. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've talked about races, you know, looking at race files, what to look for there, and we could spend hours talking about training analysis. But if we try to go through some of the, you know, the key things again that people um, and, and and we're, you know, the show and, and David as well is pushing training peaks. But I find that you know, it's just a ve- for for people that are just introducing themselves into power. There's some very easy tools you can use to just get some extrapolate some pretty simple stuff out of there so maybe if we can just go through some some key things um, when people are analysing their their training So we talked about racing first because racing is the point of training and having discussed racing we have a clearer idea of what we're actually trying to achieve with training so I mentioned at the beginning that for an Ironman FTP is the point more FTP is always better Uh, so in terms of adaptations we're trying to achieve for training you want to be focusing on the ones that build FTP things like increasing the mitochondrial enzymes and glycogen storage uh, building a slow twitch fiber composition those sort of things are what will build your FTP up and to do that you don't need to be doing a great deal of over-threshold training, uh, sprinting and really, really hard, short efforts. Those are, are good as a way of breaking up your training and they do give some adaptations that you won't necessarily get from the under-threshold training. But there's a trade-off between volume and intensity. What you'll tend to find is that if you want to do very short, hard efforts, you can't do a great deal of training in the week and that will mean that you'll get very good at those short durations but you'll start to stagnate at the longer durations and you'll often see this for track athletes, track cycling athletes, that they'll spend the early part of their build working on just getting generally fitter and once they go into specific preparation for their three minute or less event, their FTP decreases but their ability to go hard for three minutes massively increases so what tends to work well for most people who are balancing three disciplines and a job is to find an intensity that's a bit below threshold which we call the sweet spot of training and do quite a lot of time there because it's 
an intensity level where you can do it day after day and get adaptations every day uh, but not put yourself into the pit because at a higher level you'll probably get the adaptations faster but if it means that you get one good effort session in a week and then the rest of it's just recovery riding versus going at a slightly lower intensity and being able to get three sessions of that in a week you're probably going to improve more from the lower intensity level and getting in more sessions. Now, like I said, there's benefit in doing the occasional sprint step set, like I'll get Ironman triathletes doing standing starts because that sprint session increases your uh, muscle fiber recruitment patterns and so it helps your neurological efficiency. Just little things like that, the those higher intensities can be a good add-on to your training, but they need to be carefully chosen when you fit them in, and they're certainly not the overall point of training for an Ironman. And when we're looking at the performance manager chart, there's, there's two things that we're wanting to do to increase your FTP and make sure that you'll be good come race day. One is to get lots of TSS in the week, and the other is to make sure that you get in a few of those efforts that will really push your FTP up. For me, I find that I need to get quite a lot of TSS in the week to because I've been doing it for so long that it, it takes quite a bit of volume for me to start really pushing my FTP. I can't do just effort sessions and get a benefit from them unless I'm also doing quite a bit of volume and that's the sort of thing that you learn about yourself with these feedback tools it's, this is the great thing with power training and with using training peaks or WKI that you go out and do something and you see did that work and you've got years of history of I know that I was really strong then and you look at the performance manager chart and you can see I had a good build for however long I did certain types of training in the lead up to that and that all came together to mean that I had a high CTL and a high FTP so I'd had a high training load behind me and I had good threshold power on the day and then it worked out well for me. Just in terms of that sweet spot, um, where does that sort of fit in terms of uh, training intensities, You know, in terms of say FTP versus Ironman pace and stuff, where, where does it sort of fit? It's right around half Ironman pace. So if you look at the power training levels you get on training peaks, you've got levels three and four are the big ones for increasing FTP. Level three they call tempo, and that's at 76 to 90% of FTP. And level four they call lactate threshold at 91 to 105% of FTP. The sweet spot is generally viewed as somewhere around 85 to 95% of FTP. So it's high level 3, low level 4 for most people. And that certainly for me and a lot of the athletes I coach works very well as go out and do long blocks of that. And you know, by long blocks, uh, the other day one of my guys did 3 by 50 minutes at around 85 to 90%. So it's not easy mm. 
to do that sort of duration. But then it does mean you turn up to a half Ironman and you think, well, this feels not too bad. Yeah. In, in, in terms of, um, I just sort of, in terms of probably wrapping things up a bit, in terms of some of the common things that you see when you have either new athletes or you're looking at what other people are doing, you know, some of the common things you see them not quite getting right. So the biggest issue I see when I look at people talking about their power training is that they haven't defined their FTP very well. They don't realise how quickly it's changed when they've started a training block or they haven't tested very well and so it's set too low and they'll be talking about, I'm doing all of this training at this intensity level. as Well, that shouldn't really be possible to do that much. Therefore, your FTP is probably set low. You're still getting benefit from the training, but you're not doing quite what you thought you were. Another thing that can follow on from that is just not getting enough TSS. Like I, I mentioned, building CTL up over time is what shows that you've got really good fitness behind you. Uh, one way of considering those elements of the performance manager is that CTL is fitness and the ATL, the acute training load, is freshness. Well, lack of freshness. Yeah. And you get those two together and if you're fresh and you've got a good fitness base, then you'll be in good form. Uh, and I see a lot of people who they just haven't built enough fitness. They might have done a lot of riding or a lot of running and swimming and just training overall, but because they've done too much of it at low intensities, they haven't really built up that much CTL because it, it does require quite a focused, okay, I did this this week, I need to have more TSS next week and that could either be that you do more in terms of time or you have more sessions going a bit harder which for an age group athlete working around a job is often going to be the case that we run out of extra time and we just have to work a bit harder with the time we've got another thing I see is that not enough oh yeah it's the the not enough TSS is often related to just not doing enough time at an effective effort level. So if you if you go out and do all of your training at Ironman pace, yes, you will be getting benefits, but that is a long way from your threshold levels, and so you're not really forcing your body to make adaptation, and therefore you're you're not collecting much TSS either. So it's a, a two-edged sword there. But Ironman training, as you're starting to look to improve becomes less about doing Ironman intensity up until close to race time and more about training like a time trialist to get your FTP higher. Uh, I see a lot of people rushing off to get lab testing and so lab testing will be focused around lactate levels or a whole bunch of things that relate poorly to the road. Uh, recall from a few years back I saw some results from Tom Boonan, the pro cyclist's lab testing, and his figures and my figures were about the same. Uh, right. Come on, why, are you, why aren't you winning races then, David? Yeah, well, that's the, the good question. And that's why I prefer using tests that are based on what you actually do out on the road. Some people are quite good at testing, uh, <clears throat> and this, 
there's there's a whole lot more to that that relates to why I respond well to doing volume in the the way that my physiology is set up. But it's it's very easy to get caught up in. I've improved this lab test or this wind trainer test, but not actually see it out on the road. And you know, related to the point earlier about too little time at you know, the intensity levels that make a difference, I noted down the lack of structured above threshold efforts. Now, I mentioned earlier that all we really care about is FTP, but there is a benefit to doing those other intensities. They do need to be fairly structured. If you're heading out to do VO2 max sessions, then one three-minute climb with your buddies going really hard isn't going to provide the stress that you need. You need to be going back down the hill and doing it again and again if you want to actually get the benefit of that session. I normally aim, if I'm doing any sort or setting any sort of effort session, that I want to have 30 to 40 minutes of time in the intervals. Maybe a little bit less if it's a really high intensities, but typically I find that if you're doing something near threshold, then you need to get past 30 minutes in the interval parts of it in order to be getting the most out of the session. And then the, the final note that I'd made on common mistakes was for people just doing really long tapers for an event. What the PMC is good for is looking at the, the TSB gives you that freshness score. For most people, if your TSB is rising, it shows that you'll be freshening up. Once the TSB score gets positive, like I mentioned earlier, that for consistent training, I like to be in the negative 20s for myself. I find that if I get it up to positive 10, then I'm going to be feeling pretty keen. So that actually doesn't take all that long. Uh, I have created my own systems for predicting what will happen on the PMC, so I don't have to just guess at it. And I see a lot of people starting their taper from three weeks out, which means that they'll be fresh a week and a half out, and then they'll be coming off peak by the time they turn up to race day, which is not exactly how you want to do it. Well, um, I'll be looking forward to you looking at my Ironman New Zealand perfectly paced, perfect variability index, and then uh, smoking it off the bike on the run as well. So I'll look forward to a bit of analysis. Yeah, that's what we're after. <laughs> um, in terms of what you do yourself, in terms of speed theory, um, if people are interested in, in talking to you a bit more, maybe just uh, give us a quick spiel on um, what, you, what you've got on offer. Mostly what I do is bike fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with a focus on aerodynamics. That's why I called myself Speed Theory. Uh, Anything that helps you go faster on the bike. So the coaching is a part of it. Well, it's a pretty big part of it because more power is faster and it's the easiest way to gain speed. Uh, You you get some low-hanging fruit with uh, making sure you've got decent equipment and a decent setup. And then the big gains will come from improving your power then we start getting into the harder to get, you know, get the flasher equipment or really work on optimizing your aerodynamics and keep on working on power. So there's, there's plenty of avenues for improvement and my approach is just to, to look at all of them. It's where, where can we get gains 
from your current situation. We, okay, we need to look at getting a tri bike because that will make a big difference for you. Uh, or we need to look at doing this sort of training. I have people who come in and they just haven't done enough training. It's okay, well, we need to train more. Mm. Or people who've done a lot of training and haven't done it well. It's okay, we cut down your training, but we make it more effective. So that's that's pretty much my approach is look at what it's going to take to improve and focus on those elements. And that changes over time as you develop as an athlete, as you accumulate more kit, uh, get leaner so you can get into a lower position, you get more flexible, all those sort of things. So, yeah, speed theory is pretty much about just making your bike go faster, whether it's putting in a different set of bearings in the rear derailleur, which is one of my current favorites, or if it's going out and doing another three hours of sweet spot training during the week. Nice. Very good. So guys, if you want to get in contact with David, you can do that via speedtheory.co.nz and probably going to have David on a few more times during the year. So we might have a bit of a Q&A one day and um, yeah, it should be all good. So David, thanks very much for your time and we'll let you get back to Daddy Daycare. Cool. Thank you. John, we're back. What do you think? Awesome. I know for some of you power listeners, non-power users out there, you might be wondering what the hell we've been talking about. Uh, but once you've got a power meter, you'll see the power of it. And it does make, especially for iron distance racing, it makes life a lot easier because you can just go out, you just settle into your speed. Yes, there's some tactics that come need to come into it, but it gives you the confidence that in the first hour of the race when you might be feeling awesome... You look down your power meter, and it just tells you what to do. So you still got to, you just, and you got to learn about what feels right as well, because the amount of people's power meters that blow up on the day is mind blowing. Well, that's a problem with technology, isn't it? But I think one thing that would be a good idea is go back and listen to the interview if you have got like Training Peaks or WTO, and uh, and actually have your file open while he's talking about it, so mm. it gives you a better understanding of you know, like John had his file open while he was talking, and I was you know keeping my eyes on it the whole time yeah. and making sure that you know you you could see what he was talking about and you could see the different kind of language he was talking about as well. So it's something worth thinking about. Bevan, you often ask me, so um, I'm always asking you. What, what was your fastest time? What did you do for this yeah. in terms of, yeah. of Olympic distance and things like that? Are we leading into a sponsor? Oh, we are. Sponsor. Athlinks.com, the new setup, <clears throat> takes care of all that. So based off – now, the, granted, this doesn't have all my times when I was – used to be fast because that was back before the internet When you were a pro, how much, money do you, how much money do you think you've made as a pro? I made bugger all. No, yeah. but, look, but if you were to combine all your professional money – oh. What if, do you I, think if, you I, made? if I took out Challenge Wanaka. No, no, no. That's a pro. Okay. Mm. It'd be less than $30,000. That's pretty good, mate. It'd be quite, I think it'd be quite a bit less than that. No, I'm well, saying, I don't know. I'm saying 55. No. no round it up? No. Always I only had up. a couple of big paydays. That was Challenge Wanaka when I got third. And I think that was either three or 4,000 New it was Zealand. Four. Four. And then. When I got second in Phuket, yeah, I got, Peter I got, Reed. Quite, I got quite a bit there. How but much? Then it was several thousand US. Were you loving it? Yes, I was. Was it pretty cool? It was. Because it, it, it came in $100 bills. I was expecting to get money, but I wasn't expecting to get second. And then most of my other races in France and stuff, uh, they were just often, you know, 1,000 euros maybe, if that, if I was lucky. So it yeah. was not a great deal. I was young. I was 20, 
2022. You can say you're a professional athlete. Yeah. No, you of, can. Sort of. You can. Just because you make a huge amount of money. I was a lifestyle, very hey, good lifestyle hey, athlete. Hey, hey, you're a professional athlete, John Newsom. Don't let people bring you down. So my, on athletes, my best time is 1.55 for an Olympic. And it just, it just summarised everything really nicely up the top of the page. Because you, you've asked me recently what is my fastest time for a half-distance race. Do you know what I love about athletes, John? I'm on my page right now. Wait a second, my, I've never done 10K and put it on athlete, but I've got a result there from somewhere. But I'm in the top 5% of all Ironman on athletes. Very good. What are you? Uh, Ironman, top 13.3%. How'd that happen? Well, so what have we got there? I've probably got a Gakona there where I. You must be. I suppose. It's got, it's got a top five. You probably haven't races. claimed all your bloody results. You probably like just claimed no, maybe, a couple of your Ironman New Zealand ones. Have you ever done blowouts? Oh, maybe it's an average. Well, I've blown out in the one that we did, which you bl- equally blew out. Yeah, you beat me in that day. Yeah, and then blew out in Hawaii, but I still think my blowout was probably closer to the front of the field than yours. Well, I'm in the top 5% and you're not, okay? And, <laughs> and then marathons, where you're top, what, what, what's your ranking? Marathons, 2.9%. Oh, I see I'm top 6%. Mm. Pretty happy with that, but... 238 for a marathon, only 34.30 for a 10k, that's pretty weak for me, and only 16.13, I used to easily be able to go into 16 minutes. Where are all my results from the 90s? That's what I want. I ran like 30. It was the interweb when you needed it. I think I ran 32 high for a 10k once in Hong Kong, 4.11 for a half, 8.51 for Ironman. I reckon I would have gone under 32 in my time of a 10k. Under 32? I reckon I could have, yep, yep. That's pretty yeah. quick. Uh, in my time, yeah, I reckon I could have. I don't think you could have. I, I think I probably gone sub thirty. No. Yeah. yeah. I think you'd be knocked. And the Ashburton like, half, I went sub thirty-two. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I th- that's uh, accuracy. You didn't even believe me when I told you that when I got fourth in the Ashburton half. You didn't even believe me. Mm. No, I don't think you could have gone thirty. You, there's no way you could go sub thirty-two. Oh, thanks. You, I think you could po- possibly if you trained. Full on, you'd be knocking on the door of 30, possibly knocking on the door of 33. Back in the day, I'm saying, not now. No. Now I've got no hope. No. I can't run, my knees are screwed. I'm going no. to run today, but again, you some. So there you go, athlinks.com. That's what's new, cool about this. The isn't new, it? new layout just summarizes things up the top of your page, really nice and easy, and can, can tell you, you know, where you perform best by athletes. So 2.9% for marathon. I'm only 14.1% for, for, um, ten, for, for 10Ks. Yeah, you need to chop it up in your 10k. Jason. Ready ho. Headthings.com, guys. Okay, team, um, Project 2014 update. Quick update, John. No, this is not a quick update. Well, this we've is only a got lengthy, a few minutes to go. Lengthy update. Oh. 11 days to go. I can't That's, wait for this race to be done. Ele- no, the listeners love it. 11 <laughs> days to go. 11 days. Last week was, uh, was pretty good. Don't take it too much. Oh, wait. Did you listen to the interview? Yeah, last yeah. week, Wednesday, knocked out 7 by 1Ks. Knocked it out. 3.30s, really nice, just pretty comfortable. Went out on Thursday, legs a little bit tired. Plan was to do a 16K time trial. Um, wasn't really going for a shooting for any particular numbers, just sort of going out at about 315 to 320 watts and then come home with whatever I've got. Didn't really necessarily want to go to max effort. Uh, came back on the way home, ended up 323 watts. PB, John. E- equals best ever. Equalist? Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly the same. Pretty pleased with that, given negative split. At the turn, 317, finished with 323. Oh, Newton. What Very was your good. time? How long does it take you to do 16K? Time's irrelevant. I know, but what was it? Uh, I think it was just under 24 minutes. So it's just, you, a, you just know what 40K. I, when I see you on the bike right now, I just think, he's a danger. 
Yeah, you don't see me on the bike. You don't see me on the bike. Well, no, I know. It's because you can't. It's too fast. It's, it's one, it's just, on the hill, I see this blur yeah. just going down on the flat. Mate, there's, there's Newsom going for it. It is. Yeah. Sunday, last key session of the build-up. Three-hour bike. Nailed it with the, most of it at Ironman pace or just a little bit above Ironman effort off the bike. What, what is your, what's your Ironman number? Uh, what was I doing? I was doing 230 to 235 watts. Nice. And then the, on the way back, sort of went a little bit higher than that, 200. Do you find it easy to sit in a rhythm when you look at your watts? Oh, you don't stare at it. I basically have average watts. Uh, I have six things displaying on my on my Garmin and the main one I look at is average watts and keeping that in the right ballpark and then above that I have three second watts and that hovers around so I'm certainly not staring at it the whole time okay. and just from time to time look down and you get a pretty good feel after a while what, what's um, what's right. Okay good and the run? Run, planning to do planning to do two hours at Ironman effort which is uh, sitting around about four minutes ten per k and then I have my little walks every every three k, I need an hour and a half few little issues going on. What, oh, issues? No, pace perfect, feeling awesome. There's just a little glitch in the system. Got a little bit of an injury that... Oh, uh, no, what's happened? I just got a bit of problem with my thigh? foot. No, my foot. Oh, what's wrong with your foot? So, acupuncture, John? No, acupuncture's not going to fix it. So there's not going to be a lot of running between now and Ironman, but I'll be, I'll be okay on the day. Okay, well, what's, Afterwards, what's wrong with the foot? Afterwards, it's just planted. a few issues. You got planted? No. Uh, You've broken it. No, it's not broken. Why are you being so elusive? <laughs> so anyway, there's not going to be a lot of running between here and I, man. I'll be sweet on race day. Afterwards. I'm just looking at his foot. He's even in his jandals, which tells me something. <laughs> Afterwards, could be uh, could be a little sore. Mm. I think he's broken his foot. It's not that, not that bad yet. He doesn't want to give it's the competition not that bad away. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yet. I'm just going to run for three hours. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> he comes around the cast. Okay, well, there you go. What's going to save me, though, Bevan? My extreme, extreme endurance... endurance. You're like the I'm loving oh, what I'm loving. I was actually lying and thinking the other day, really looking forward to the race, looking forward to smoking it, feeling very good about it. Stop looking at my foot. No, no, I'm putting power on. <laughs> and uh, I'm curious about your foot. But what I am looking forward to is the day after, just lying in bed and just just chilling out. I mean, a few days of doing nothing. Yeah, no kitties. Kitties aren't coming up. Just oh, chilling out. Bliss. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Nice day on Sunday. What were you looking doing on Sunday? Sleep in? Um, sleep in? Well, I won't really sleep in. I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll lie in. Yeah, read a book. Watch a bit of sport. Watch and then sport. probably go have some brunch somewhere and then go partying. And if, if you've had your electric buffer, you'll, you'll be after party. I'm looking forward to it. So from all the races I've done you know, this year, uh, when I've been on extreme endurance, you finish up the race and for sure you're tired afterwards, but boom, you can, you can basically get straight back into it. Not that I'll get straight back into it after an Ironman, but for you guys that are listening that have your build-up races coming up or some, some key half Ironmans before an Ironman or any whatever distance you're doing, extreme endurance is gold. It'll just mean you need to be smart and sensible about your training the week afterwards, but by uh, by Thursday or so, very good recovery, but just that you don't just have that insane muscular soreness. So check it out, extreme endurance. Dot, or xendurance.com and uh, use promo code IMTALK5 you get 5 bucks off and also especially at this time of the build up I always make sure I'm on the immune boost as well you know, just when you, right when you're on that ragged yeah. edge uh, I've, been, you know, I've been taking that fairly consistently and all systems go Hey Newsome, hmm. I'm calling you Newsome a lot today just yeah. going to take it to the next level and uh, do you equijog? Uh, not at this stage. No. If it was any earlier on, I probably would, but at this stage, I, I won't. You feel your own fitness is fine. It's yeah. Just, yeah, I'm still going to do a little bit of running, but just uh, 30 minute runs, and I'll be, yeah, a, I'll be okay. I'll be 30 because I'm a bit injured as well. Maybe we could run together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, questions and answers. Okay, Tony Beckham has just got his wife. He's been a good man. No, so. no, I made a bad call last week. Oh. So Nutrition360 is run and owned by his wife, Celine Evans, not Natalie Gaskin, who I, I thought may have run it last week. So Nutrition360.co.nz, got some cool recipes on there. It's run by Celine Evans, not Natalie Gaskin. I think we were talking about Dino and Natalie Gaskin last week about I there must have been this. some sort of upper like rankings. Probably not. Chicken and barley salad. I don't remember this at all. We weren't talking about this website. It was just a flippant comment I made about Nat- Natalie Gaskin, and I thought, oh, she runs that nutrition website, and I think I plugged the Oh, see, I wasn't listening at all, but I'll tell you what, if you go to this website, she's got this, here we go, John, Tony's Father's Day Cottage Cheese Apple Pancakes. Mm-hmm. So here we go. I'm going to read out a recipe because people love this. This is one of my favourite breast, breast, breakfast sorry, recipes. Breast. My, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For Tony, <laughs> my mother would make it for my sisters and I when I was growing up. It's low, relatively low fat, and quite high in protein because of the eggs and the cottage cheese. Fat can be cut further by using low fat cottage cheese. And fat is your friend. Fat is your friend. John loves fat. Um, yeah, and it's got a beautiful photo. It's got some apples. It's got cottage cheese, eggs, cinnamon, nutmeg, maple syrup, salt, flour, baking powder, butter. It's just, it's just the photo looks good Something you probably also won't Are you still taking photos of your food? I know it was just a week long thing I can oh. do that for you if you want me to Yeah, put it on Instagram yeah. um, you, Another thing you probably won't remember from last week Was uh, how I was saying that guy in Auckland Andrew House called me Bevan No, I do remember that Do you remember that? Yeah Somebody posted on here that uh, it was Juan Carlos Said that Andrew House, John is pissed off with you Calling him Bevan at Auckland Psychological game already on Happy 400th show to I Am Talk I've been listening to 98% of them And then our friend Pod, Paul O'Doherty Said quality As soon as Housie walked over to me He said, shit, I called him Bevan I hope he didn't (laughs) realise I did, yeah Nice So Pod, in the race in Taupo Just go, come coming to get you Bevan Yeah (laughs) As I pass him one lap up I'm tasting John Newsom Put an E in there on your t-shirt and mm. yeah, they'll, they'll get him going. Just get that little bit angry. I don't know. Do you get fired up when you're angered, but uh, do you make mistakes or do you get stronger? Because you, you can't push you to the edge. I'm, I'm pretty in control. <laughs> he has his moments. Right, push on, push on. <laughs> Good old Wayne Usher. Wayne Usher, we've got plenty of time. Wayne no. Usher sent through. Yeah, we have. We've got until okay. nine o'clock. Wayne Usher sent through a great email. He's got, I've uh, been a long time listening to the show, having started back in 2010 properly. I dipped in and out of the odd episode, but I was about to strain for comrades. Wow, I want to do comrades. And I went back uh, to episode one and began my journey. Now, that is fascinating, episode one. I was thinking what we could do over the next couple of weeks, because it has been seven years, is actually play a bit of episode one. You can do that. Okay, next week we'll do it. Yeah. Well, we'll just choose a bit of episode one and we'll see how bad it was. As I write now, you have just published episode 14 and I'm on episode 392. I am currently with all of the legend shows. I do listen to several other podcasts, which is why it's taken me over three years to get caught up. You know what? We ain't angry. <laughs> <laughs> the entertainment over years has been amazing, and what has been interesting is hearing how things have developed both within and outside of the sport. I recall hearing Chrissy come onto the scene with her career win, knowing she had won two Ironman World Championships to her name at that time. Thomas and Felicity have both been born, and Tyler has grown up. John has also had a failed attempt at sterilisation. I took part in the event that was mentioned in 2007's show, and my friends have regularly got random messages a year 
year late about a, a time at the event. I'm not sure what the event is talking about there. Well, it's probably age group of the week or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the Kona Super Specials have been fab, and I've always wanted to support you guys, but we're always taking, uh, to- uh, taking about events that were in the past. As of now, I'm catching up. I've finally been able to show my appreciation for the hundreds of hours of entertainment by purchasing your ultimate Kona guide, which we're not going to do in the names this week because we're both kind of a bit pushed for time this week, but we'll do them again next week. If you want to get the Kona Super Guide, go to imtalk.me and get it down. Um, Who wants a guide? You just want the free trip to Hawaii. Yeah, you go on a draw, basically. I can't finish this email without mentioning... I-M-H-O, the funniest moment in the show when John, without any warning to be said, Sheila deserves a finger suck of the sap. It was a priceless <laughs> moment. Um, I'm not a triathlete yet, but a runner of 30 plus marathons. But the advice you have put out across the show should stand up me in good stead when the youngest reaches school and I can allocate more training budget to the bike and swim. Thank you for... Uh, many thanks and keep up the good work and you'll be listening to Fitness Behaviour as well if you work oh, don't worry about that it is funny you know like I was thinking about the other day when we started the show I was with Annalise mm. remember that mm. long time ago Annalise and I broke up with Annalise and I was all emotional yeah and then I remember I didn't, I didn't have a bar of the emotion yeah, but then when Joe came on remember, there was all these dramas around Joe yeah yeah. and I was, I was an emotional wreck on the show yeah yeah I remember that and then and then move the old studios back in my bedroom at St Martin's. High quality studios. Right. <laughs> then you bloody moved away, so I had to yeah. come up the hill. Because how long it was like a fifteen second time trial to my house, wasn't it? Was, it was, I think that was my record. Yeah. And also um we used to use one mic for years, remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what kind of rookies would use one mic? <laughs> <laughs> It's an inside joke, that one. Private joke. Oh, those are the days, John. We've 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 grown up. We have grown up. Some of those also grown up. Mont Tremblant. We've had this email through, and, and this what do you time mean? you just want to just want to finish just, it. Just moving on. <laughs> yeah. okay. Look, I've had. If you'd accepted my invitation to our next appointment, you would have had a little pop up thing saying our, our thing is coming up in f- now fourteen minutes. Yeah, but I know that because I know because my head works. I don't need something popping up. You didn't even know who we were interviewing. Yes, I would we have did. told you. Um, you thought it was Laurie Bowden. You thought it was Laurie Bowden. <laughs> God. Anyway, apparently Mont Tremblant this year, and it's not Mont Tremblant. It's, it's Mont Tremblant. It was in, it's in Quebec, which I did not know. They're having a 70.3, and then they're having the North American champs, Ironman, and then they're having the 70.3 world champs. That's a lot of races in one place. It's supposed to be a good it? course. I'd say it's because Mont Tremblant. It's got a bit of money they want to <laughs> throw their way. Have a bit of this happy cash. Right, Bevan. I've got a couple more. No, I've got a couple more. <sighs> We've got 14 minutes. You've got to do your piece. I've done my piece. You don't even know who either of you is. Yeah, she won Ironman in 1997. Okay. Which she finished in 2004. She got second. She did. See? How many Ironmans has she won? You don't know because she's won so many. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> anyway, come on, keep hitting me. Who's she married to? Don't know, but they've been in a marriage for a long time and were curious. How did they do that, John? Yes. They were childhood sweethearts. They were. And what else can I hit you with? Uh, come on, come on. What's, her, fa- what's, your, f- what's your fastest shot? marathon time? She did a 2.50. Was that 2.52? Oh, close, but failed. What was it? 2.51. That was pretty close, but. Yeah. And you, you think it's short, and you're going to ask the question, <laughs> you think it's short. <laughs> well, Peter Reid said, you know, he, I did, he, he's, he's it open about Austria. He said, yeah, that was short. Little, yeah. little asterisk next to that one. Yeah, he was pretty upfront about it, wasn't he? John, John, no, not you, John, another John. John McAvery has done a new blog. It's called The Real, uh, how am I going to say that? How does that one? A, a, Mac, Avoy? Avoy? McAvoy. McAvoy. Oh, that's not right, is it? Uh, a, M, C, A, and then a capital A, V, O, Y. McAvoy. 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 Something like that. 
He's a guy who's a recovered alcoholic, and he's, right. he's come from a pretty hard place in life, and he's uh, actually, I don't think he was a very nice person at some stage in his life, John, oh, but he so thought, good. bugger this, I'm going to turn my life around, and he has turned his life around, and he's really just one of those people who's, you know, this sport does attract that kind of person, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, who, who kind of, he's obviously kind of like a 100% person at whatever they do, and being a 100% person in a negative life, and then finds the light, and just suddenly turns it around, and... Uh, He's just. It must be. Must must be McCoy, like because his website is the real McAvoy, right? So I'm thinking it must be you know must be McAvoy, um, and he's got a blog, and he just started blogging a few days ago, and he's just kind of telling his story, and, and I think it's a really good website. If you are someone out there who maybe struggled with alcohol or stuff like that, or you know some of the harder things in life, uh, you could maybe you know use him as a bit of influence, or you know send this link to someone you know who you know could be a bit of inspiration. So the website is the real. McAvoy, I'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me and you guys can check it out. He's, he's obviously gone, gone, gone kind of crazy on the sport and uh, yeah, you can check it out. He's got some good blogs on there. I just had an email through from Peter. I don't know Peter's surname, but he's given Bevan some grief. Oh, what's all this about? About teach Bevan to spell. And I'm going to back you up here, Bevan, I think. I never said I could spell. No, but I, we, we, had, have read a book. we had Jürgen Zach on as our last Peter, guest. Peter, build a bridge. But he, he thinks you've spelt Jürgen Zach wrong in the name, but I think you're actually right, because I would have spelt Jürgen Zach, J-U-R-G-N, Zach, and then just Zach, Z-A-K-C-K, and that's often how you saw it put Do you know where I got it from when I did it? His Skype name? Yeah. And so I think there's a couple of different spots. So ways I got of it from a Scott because I was like, oh, how do you spell Jurgen Zach? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, let's be honest, spelling's not my strongest point. And, uh, and so I, I, I looked at Skype name. I'm going to back you up there. So but if you type Peter. that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's two ways to skin that one. So right, uh, no, one, no, one more. Just um, on, the, on the books, you want to get an Iron Talk book? Go to yep. Diamond Talk. We've still got about just over 100 to go. Cool. So hurry up. Yeah, <laughs> we just want to get it done. Um, Rob Lyons bought Pip uh, Philippa Rudd a birthday present. Who's Philippa Rudd? Just a friend. Right. But this was a different birthday present. Bought oh, okay, okay, bought okay. The, bought yeah. the book. Nice. And she says she's been hours reading the book. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> check the spelling mistakes on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and at the same time, she goes in a draw. Now, Rob, if she wins, you're going to be gutted. Oh, I can come together. It's like, would you buy someone a lottery ticket for a birthday present? I wouldn't be disappointed if I got one myself. No, but if you bought, would you buy someone a lot of quick ticket? Um, what if they win? Yeah, you'd be, you'd be, you'd, you'd ask for a commission. You can't. Mm. You can't be worth. My mum, my mum does it, but you know what she does? Mm. She buys two. Right. She buys the same numbers for someone else. Okay. There was that person who won lotto not long ago. I don't buy lotto because it's a waste of money. But they bought the same numbers ten times, and then they won. So everyone else won, but this person got 10 payouts instead. Yeah. That's a good way of doing it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if you wonder, it is. Yeah, it's a really good way. Even what's happening with your world? Oh, no, I asked the question first. What's happening with your world? (laughs) Because I haven't thought about it. What did we do? We did a few things at the weekend. We training. (laughs) Far out. No, I'm just trying to think what I did at the weekend. (laughs) We did do a few things. Anniversary, yesterday, eight oh, year anniversary. Eight years. Yeah, went up the road to the cup for brunch. Did you? Mm-hmm. What'd you think? It was good. They're doing, nice they're doing egg, meals in yeah? But eggs Benedict. At night time. Bit of cider hash browns on it. Runny eggs? Yep, the bee was perfectly cooked. Very oh, happy with that. Nothing beats a runny egg. Got some flowers for Linda. Did you? What kind yeah. of flowers? Uh, just flower flowers. We've got, we've got to get no, no pollen in our flowers. How do you get non pollen flowers? 
Well, some flowers have got pollen, some haven't. So you just ask for non non-pollinating ones. Where you get them from? You get them from the little place down Cashmere, the road. Cashmere, yeah, they're on Clumbo Street. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. They hardly had any flowers because they were still trying Valentine's to catch day. up from Valentine's uh, Day. You should have got married the day before Valentine's what Day. What was that DVD you were telling me you were going to lend to me? About what? About a series. Breaking Bad. Yep, got that. Have you started watching it? Yep, just watched the first episode. Series one. Now, John, mm? just going to give you a bit of inside, bit inside goss here. Mm? Series one's not amazing. Right. Okay, so series one, you kind of go, oh, yeah, that was okay. Yeah, so I watched the first one. I was like, yeah, that was okay. But yeah, yeah. I don't know what people are going on yeah, about. Best show of all time, whatever. Mm. And then, and so John and I watched the first series. Hey, babe. What's that? We watched the first series of Breaking Bad, didn't we? Just because I wouldn't include my partner in the conversation. And uh, we watched the first series and we were like, oh, I don't really get it. You know, like it, it, mm. was, it was fine. It wasn't life changing. And someone said to me, no, you've got to stick at it. Series mm. two onwards, mind blowing. Right. So stick at it. Stick at we'll it. Stick with it. Stick, stick with it. it. Stick at it. Coach I did do some other things at the weekend, but I can't even remember. What do you got on this weekend? Just house stuff. Did you notice when you drove down my driveway? Did the driveway's tidier? Yes, I did. Did actually. you notice that? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did that on the weekend. Nice, good for you. I'm starting to like gardening, John. Come on, let's wrap it up. We've got, we've got seven we've got minutes. Seven minutes. Come on, I've got to go for a wee first. How long does it take you to wee? I'm going for two I'm hours. Time try let's do it. Let's time try your wee. Ready? Ready? I'm gonna, no. I don't, no, come on. Come on, let's do this. Joe's gonna, Joe is going to be the one cleaning it up. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> you could sit down. <laughs> So you choose. <laughs> Sit down, time troll. <laughs> I reckon you could do it in a minute and a half. Do you reckon you could do it in a minute and a half? Okay, then here okay, we go. Get your, get your iPhone out. Wait a second. Babe, I, here comes in John's seat. I will sit down. So wait a second. John's going to sit down. Wait, wait a second. Babe, you come over here, babe. He'd, he'd, John, your phones are still this. on. Okay, babe. Okay, ready? Ready? Oh, you're, you're going to start headphones on? Yeah. Okay, and when's completion? Headphones back on? Headphones back on. Okay, ready? On your marks. Get set. Go! Okay, babe. He's, he's going. He's going. He's taking around the corner. How you going, babe? Good, thanks. This is my lovely partner, Joe. How you going, babe? Very well, thank well, you. So, Joe, what, you, you he went sprinted to, out of there pretty yeah, quickly, yeah, didn't he? He's already taken 10 seconds. What have you been doing this morning, babe? I've been working, actually. Well, Joe, Joe works on the business. She's the person who makes everything work, really, aren't you? Yeah. No, it's all good. Beautiful day. It's really warm out there. You went to the gym? It was like 22 degrees at 7 o'clock in the morning. See, she sounds lovely, doesn't she? That's why I love her. Because she's look at her, she just sounds lovely. And uh, what did you do at the gym? I went to pump. Did you kill it? It was good class. It was pretty hot. See, we've got good. Cam did it, eh? He did. Yep. Cam, this guy at the yep. gym, he's got gorilla legs, isn't he? Yep, he has. Yep. He is like a gorilla. Yep. That, was, that was Cam. And uh, what are you doing today, babe? Uh, work. Oh, do we oh. end? Wait, we've got to listen Hang for on. the flush. We do. Hang on. Okay, so wait, it's not flush. too far away. Here's, go on. Wait, so he's, he's currently taking 45 seconds. His seat's really warm. It, it is pretty warm, although my seat's pretty warm. You get sweaty mm. butt when you're sitting in these chairs. It's a hot day. Mm, it's a hot day. What's it going to get to? 28. Joe's starting to like the cricket too, aren't you, babe? I am. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Is it the flush? Oh. Okay, you're going to have to move, babe. Love yep. to talk yep. to you. Yep. 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 One minute, one minute, four. Come on, John, get on there. One ten. One ten and stop. One minute and six seconds. No. no spillage. No spillage? Did you sit? Yeah, sad. Oh, you're a legend. Got my earphones are on the wrong yeah. way. Disqualified. No, no, I'll give it to you. It was just, it wasn't about having them the correct way around. I didn't have the right way around. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So, official time? 106.37. If I could do 100 metres in that time in the pool, I'd be happy. Well, I think you can. Bang my knee on the way in, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, eh? It shouldn't hurt the foot. What's happening with your week, Bevan? Um. Hmm, what's it oh God! And you're not doing anything in your life. It's just work and went to the movies. Yeah, seen American Hustle. Oh yeah, yeah. John, 
It's been touted as one of the movies of the year. Mm. It's not. It's not. It's not. It was passable. It, yeah. was, it was a good couple of hours of your life, but it wasn't life changing. In your humble opinion. No, it's not. If, if 12 Years a Slave or Dallas Buyers Club or one of those movies doesn't mm-hmm. kind of get above this one, I'd be highly disappointed. Not I can't it. believe Captain Phillips didn't get a nomination and this did. Captain Phillips is a much better film. Um, anything else happening? I did my garden. Nice. Pretty happy with that. Yeah. And. Oh, the nines. Did you watch any of the nines? Uh, no. I think I might go next year. Really? Yeah. Just looked like regular. I mean, I think it looked really cool, but it just looked like regular league. I went to the sports awards on Friday. Oh, that's right. You're romantic, did it? How'd that go? Did you win? No. Oh. I did go up, and Belinda said, You were about. You went up. Well, I got nominated um, for Administrator of the Year. How many people were you up against? Probably about nine or so. Oh, lots of nominations. That's how they sell uh, the tickets, isn't it? I was probably about 30 years younger than everybody else. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Was a, maybe the up-and-comer, maybe. But Who won the big award? What's the big award? Sportsman, Sportswoman, Sophie Pascoe. Uh, who's she? Say, say, who's she? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Moron. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, who is she? She's a, a, a Paralympian swimmer. She's like won millions of medals, gold medals, Olympic Never medals. Her. Never heard of Head in the sand. Yep, I am. And then the man, Karen Reid, wasn't even there. They, oh. did, they did the men's nominations, and there was only one there. They had like seven nominations. It was like one there. And so the administrators got screwed. Yeah, <laughs> and then. <coughs> Quickly, but, but then they inducted two people into the Hall of Fame, which was quite cool. Uh, a guy called Ronnie Moore. Am I a muppet if I don't know him? No, you're not, because no. I didn't know he was no. speedway rider. Okay, pretty yeah. impressive record though. Yeah, he was about eighty odd. And then Debbie Hockley. Oh no, I do know, vaguely know that name. Cricket player. Yeah, Sports she was. Cricket yeah. player. John, I know we're just going to wrap it up, but one quick question: What do you think of Lydia Co winning the overall? Oh, it's a stupid award anyway. They've got the New Zealand Sports People Award and what they have their category teams, women's men, what's that category? Coach. Coach. And then they have the Supreme Award. And the Supreme Award is of the people who won each in category. They have the, the best athlete of the year. And we've got this young uh, girl called Lydia Coe who's just a phenomenal golf player. And turned, she won tournaments before she turned pro. She's only like 16. 16. And she's ranked fourth in the world. Fourth in the world. And, uh, and, you know, she's obviously going to be an amazing athlete. But in fairness, she hasn't won a lot yet. You know what I mean? Like, she's pretty phenomenal. And, and like, you know, the All Blacks went undefeated. Mm. It's the first time in a professional era, I think. The All Blacks got undefeated. How could they not win the Supreme Award? Oh, she got Supreme as well, did she? Yeah, she got overall. She got uh, Supreme Award. Uh, yeah. You're with me on this, aren't you? I think so, I am. Yeah. yeah. Next year? Women's one, when she's up against Valerie Adams, shot put, it's like, I know Valerie Adams is awesome, but shot put. Who does it? Who does it? Yeah. So I kind of would have gone with that, but for the Supreme, probably yeah. probably with you on that one. Yeah, all blacks. Right, Bevan, one minute to go. Okay, we're going to win the cricket. Well done on your time trial. See you guys next week. I'm Russ. I'm Indone. Train hard. Train smart. Kicker.